0: Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC, on whtc.com, and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again,
1: here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Friday, February 23rd. This being the fourth Friday of the month, we set aside this time... On a monthly basis to talk law enforcement with the top lawman in Ottawa County, Sheriff Steve Kempker, on the other side of our table this morning. Steve, good morning.
0: Good morning, Gary. How are you doing?
1: We are well. Hope you are as well. He is joined by Under Sheriff Valerie Weiss, who once again graces us with her presence. Good morning, Val.
2: Good morning.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm trying to flatter her. No, no, no. no, no. (laughs) If you have a law enforcement question... These two people can answer it 616-395-1450 616-395-1450 This will be the last time that Val will be joining us on an official basis she is retiring as under sheriff at the end of the month we'll touch upon that in a few moments but I do want to bring up a subject of timely interest story that uh, was reported by Sheriff's Detective Captain Jake Sparks yesterday the arrest, extradition, and arraignment of a man in the southeast corner of Holland that is accused of murdering his live-in girlfriend. He was fled to Las Vegas after the incident, which was on January 1st, but he was captured in Sin City and extradited back to Michigan and was arraigned in Hudsonville District Court uh, this week. So, Steve, I want to bring up the subject of extradition. What does it entail? And what does, in this case, the Ottawa County Sheriff's Department do when you are bringing in a suspect, an accused person, into the county? And what changes, if any, when it's the other way around? We've had situations where felons have been caught here and then extradited back to their state where they are facing charges.
0: Yes, Gary, there's a whole process that we uh, go through once. uh, First, if the suspect is within Michigan, uh, we obviously can pick them up and bring them back here to Ottawa County. Uh, If they do leave the state and we find them out of state, and in this case we did out in Las Vegas, uh, again through uh, great detective work uh, and also the cooperation with the Metro Police Department in Las Vegas. You know, we were able to find the suspect, uh, take him into custody because our prosecutor here did issue the charges. So at that time, uh, they're held there in Las Vegas on our warrant. Um, Then what we do is start the extradition process. So that suspect is given the opportunity to waive his extradition where he says, yes, he signs off, I'm willing to go back and and face, uh, you know, things in the judicial system. If they say uh, no then we have to go through the governor's office here in the state of Michigan and get a governor's warrant. And uh, that is reviewed, and that process uh, goes fairly quickly because these are time-sensitive cases. And uh, once the governor signs off on that uh, extradition warrant, uh, then we can bring that person uh, back. So again, uh, we, we've done about three of these, to be honest with you here, uh, within about the last month. And uh, most of them uh, that we have, they do waive their uh, right and waive that extradition and and come back. Uh, Then we have a process of going out and having to pick them up and bring them back. Um, Sometimes adjacent states will drive to uh, and pick them up with a transport team or the detectives. Um, In this case, uh, we had to have a couple detectives uh, fly out to Vegas. Um, And, again, I, I can't speak enough. Gratitude to the Las Vegas Police Department because they just bent over backwards for our people when we got there and and catered and took them around and made sure they had everything they needed, transportation, moving the suspect back to the airport, um, and then they fly them back here.
1: Other way around. If, say, somebody was caught here and has to be taken to another state.
0: Yep. Most states have the same process. Even Um, if
1: it is a fly situation where you might have to put them on a plane in Grand Rapids.
0: Right. They will normally send a team, just like we do, to come pick up the individual. And again, we will ask for that to make sure that they've waived their extradition or do they have a governor's warrant uh, from their state uh, that they're coming from to pick them up. And again, once their, their teams come here, uh, again, uh, the interagency cooperation is excellent. We work with them and get them safely to the airport. I uh, can't go into all the detail but their special processes at the airport, uh, that are handled with the airlines uh, and security at the airport, the airport police, and us, uh, to make sure everything goes smoothly.
1: What happens in a situation where perhaps, and I was trying to find the story as you were looking, um, where, and I want to say the states involved, Texas and New York, where one a person is apprehended in say Texas, but that governor or the authorities will not extradite them,
0: block them. Yeah. Um, Fortunately, never had to deal with that. Um, Not 100% sure on that whole process. Uh, But I think at that time is where we'd have to bring in our legal side and our prosecutor's office uh, to work with them down there. Um, And it may also bring in uh, the federal level too. So, again, I'll be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure on that process, but obviously the courts are going to have to intervene there uh, and take things uh, from there. Because
1: the, if I recall, paraphrasing the story uh, is the fact that I think in Texas, and I think the authorities there or the governor there or whatever mm-hmm. did not see that this person was com- you know, committed a right. crime. And so they were blocking it on yeah. their side.
0: Yep. and i think that's where it's out of the hands of law enforcement at that time for us and has to go into the prosecute prosecutors and into the court systems all right
1: 616-395-1450 is the number if you have questions for Ottawa County Sheriff Steve Kempker and Ottawa County Under Sheriff Valerie Weiss 616-395-1450 val thank you for allowing me to talk a little bit about a timely subject But let me, before we talk about your situation, uh, deal with a situation in a jail Mm -hmm. where you have someone that is, shall we say, accused, you're holding them, and there are some security questions. We'll get to that in a moment. I do want to get to a call. Good morning. You're on the line with the law people. Yeah, good morning. I have a firearm laws. The LTP permits, how long are those good for and how long do they take to get? Uh, What type of permit, sir? The license to purchase handguns or for firearms. A license to purchase permit. I
0: think you meant CPL. Those are handled uh, through our clerk's office. Uh, And if I remember. Uh,
1: Oh, well, uh, are you talking about you get a permit, uh, not a permit, but a, a period where you can buy a, a, a handgun, but you have to sort of buy it a certain time? It's the, it's the license to purchase permit now that you have to have to buy from another individual, I believe.
0: Yes, they have to come in and get that from us and clear the under the new firearms law, clear that background check. Um, and how long the, does
1: that process take, you it, know?
0: It can take anywhere from right now with the back load that we have uh, in the strain on the system, probably up to three to five days.
1: And how long are those permits good for?
0: I don't believe or there's the a... license
1: is good for them?
0: I, I'm going to have to be totally honest with you on, on the expiration date. I am not 100% sure, but if you want, we can get a number, or if you call into our front desk, uh, they can tell you um, I know I read through those laws, but I did not see to be honest with you an expiration date uh, on those um, I, I Don't even want to take a guess to tell you the wrong answer neither. You know, it's uh, it, it could be 30 days I'm not sure but uh, if you call into our office um, We have a couple people that are highly trained just in these new uh, laws and uh, that permit process.
1: All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank uh, thank you. you very much for the call, 616-395-1450. By the way, the general office number, 616-738-4000. Mm, correct. 616-738-4000. Yes, you'll have to go through prompts, but uh, somehow
0: you'll get you'll find
1: the right yes, prompt. If they get
0: to the front desk, they can uh, route them in the right direction. All right.
1: 616-395-1450. Valerie, I do want to bring up this point. How does the jail handle those who are confined that are in a situation where if they're not watched over, things might happen to them? Um, the, uh, a perception is, say, there is a person accused of being a molester. And let's put it this way, the other inmates in the jail, they don't like him. How how do you protect this person from, shall we say, uh, jailhouse justice?
2: Well, there's a lot of processes in place inside the facility. Um, So any uh, one of the citizen inmates can uh, send in a grievance or a kite, what's called. And basically what that is is if they feel uh, that someone's harassing them, um, if they actually it can be about anything, it can be medical problems. It can be they need to talk to um, one of the counselors. It can be about anything. Um, so what would happen is, is if that if they felt anything like that, they would let somebody know. Uh, once we know, then we have places. We have different places inside the facility where we can separate people. So it's not even just something like that. We might have some two people that come together and they're they're in a what are called our pod together. don't get along whatever reason we do separations and it's all in our computer system so we know not to have them anywhere together so there's a lot of different things we even have that for you know male female they're obviously the females are by themselves Um, if there's any issues um, between anyone um, we keep them apart so there's I would say that that's probably more of a difficult process uh, in the prison system than it is in a jail facility there's a lot more um, control in um, a county jail.
1: Okay, uh, similar situation. If say someone is accused who is a law enforcement officer,
2: yeah, the same thing. We would put them. We would separate them. So it's and then and that could be any public official. It could be if this is a really um, a case that's public that everybody knows about. We can, we can put them actually separated from everybody. So that we have systems in place for all of that.
1: The Person I'm thinking of that I mean there is a mythical person I'm thinking of, but also a real life person. The mythical person was portrayed in the movie uh, Shawshank Redemption, mm-hmm. where the Tim Robbins character got beaten up in jail. The real person is Larry Nasser. That type of situation.
2: Yeah. yeah. So again, I think the the biggest issue is in the prison system. It's a lot more difficult for separation because uh, in a jail facility there's more control over the population. We don't have the, the outside, like they go out uh, in prison, they can go outside, they do have the um, exercise areas and all the stuff outdoors. It's a lot more difficult when there's a lot of people. We don't have that issue in a jail. It's a very, it's very more con- much more controlled in a, um, a county facility than it is a prison.
1: Yeah, I just, you know, I I was thinking of that Steve because it's been a, while, you know, I'm trying to think of new angles when you guys yep. come yep. in and I was thinking of Larry Nasser and then, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Sharshank story. I mean,
2: yeah. we even look at like gang different gangs. I mean, we don't and that's the reasons why a lot of the control of specific uniforms, we don't let them roll up a sleeve or anything. There's all these different Um, procedures we have in place because you could just have start rolling up of the right sleeve means you're part of a gang there's all of these things that we have in place and policies procedures um, that protect the inmates and protect our staff
1: do you have to sometimes in that regard send an accused person maybe to the Kent County Jail or to the Allegan Jail yes that even though they are charged in Ottawa County
0: yes Yes, and we've done that um, you know with certain cases uh, where we have to have that separation. Uh, We have agreements with the county jails around us, um, and then we've also housed people for other uh, jail facilities too uh, to hold them at our facility due to safety concerns.
1: Steve, you got an answer from that uh, caller's earlier question.
0: I did. Got to love technology, Gary. Um, (laughs) So, yes, those permits are good for 30 days. After 30 days of issue, they expire. So they're they're good for thirty days from the date of issue. All right, so get the agree, you know, you've got to swing a deal, yes. you
1: know, make sure that uh, you have the deal in place so that then you get the license this and then is- you know you you're on your way. Exactly. And whether or not these yes. new laws will work, it's just a matter of time, yep. I yep. think.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. And and the nice thing with the thirty days too is I know some people will get these, uh, especially those that will go to gun shows, uh, so they've got the permit with them um so yeah 30 days i and we kind of see 30 days as a norm across the board with a lot of uh things that expire quick question then the
1: license actually is checking on the person who's buying the gun not the person who's selling it correct okay so that way you can uh uh, you know you can you can have a blank (laughs) form and write it and get it ready to go before we get to um the personnel situation. I do want to mention this um, being February twenty third. My dad would have been ninety four today. Oh. Uh, both Val and Steve are are well aware. My father was a twenty six year veteran of the Detroit Police Department, uh, eighteen on the roads. Yes, he did. He was working, although he was not working at that time, but he did work the riots. After jail, July twenty third, nineteen sixty seven, so um, I do mention that uh, uh, to show my bias for law enforcement folks. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I've, I've been given great respect not only by your office, but uh, Frank Baker's down in in Allegan, and uh, Mark Messer's uh, over here in Holland. And our friends over at Zealand as well in my dealings uh, since I've come here in o, in in 01, so
0: and I know Gary we all enjoy working with you too yes, yeah we
1: do. well thank you, well thank you for putting up
2: and anyway. thank you for his service that <laughs> yeah. had to be difficult
1: well you know Dad Dad was strapping six three two forty you did not argue with uh, with my father uh, yeah he was sounds
2: like you're he was talking from experience. Yeah.
1: <laughs> With the big, thick police belt, yes. (laughs) Corporal punishment was there. All right. First of all, Val, you announced since your last time with us that you are going to retire. It's effective at the end of this particular month. What led your decision, and how are you approaching maybe entering a new phase in your career?
2: Um, You know, there's a lot of of things that... uh that got me there, it's been 30, almost well, 30 years I've been in law enforcement, um, looking at the future for the agency and, and obviously lots and lots of discussions with uh, Sheriff Kempker. Um but it's, it's just, it's time, it's time for, um, actually like, no, nothing in the new career part is, is uh, spending more time with my family, my boys. Uh, one of my sons, uh, Zachary, moved out to Arizona, and then I have a son, Nicholas, that's at Western um, going to school to be a pilot, which I appreciate. Hopefully, in the long run, I'll get some uh, flights. Um, but yeah, spending some more time with the family, and as uh, Sheriff Kemper knows, all of our command team—amazing uh, people. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot on your family. It's a lot um, of work. It's a lot of after hours. It's—you're uh, never off duty. Is that's kind of where we're at. And um, and after uh, my brother passed away in uh, end of December of twenty-two. It kind of brings you back to, you know, looking at what's, what, what should we be doing into the future and looking at uh, spending more time with my family, my boys. So, um, and, that, you know, looking at timing, too, is, is um, looking for the future of our agency. What's for us, we talk about the white envelope that comes. We've had a lot of retirements at our agency over the, since, you know, the sheriff um, became sheriff. And um, we can't just do a white envelope. There's a lot of planning that goes behind it. So in the timing part of it, when you have um, someone like Eric DeBoer that's willing to step up, um, some of that has to do with, you know, getting that part of it ready for the future of our agency. Um, Because it's for us is, you know, we can't bring in a white envelope. We have to make sure there's 244 people, families, their careers that are taken care of. So it's exciting to see um, our command team, you know, taking on... um, uh, Eric DeBoer and, and looking at his passion and what he sees for the agency to c- really carry on the legacy of Sheriff Kemker and, and what the command team has done over the last seven years and Sheriff Rosema, um, that's, it's exci- been exciting to watch. So it's it's bittersweet. I, I'm going to miss the agency. It's been my heart and soul for 28 years. Um, but I feel like it's in good hands. And I think um, as, as Sheriff Kemker, as Eric has been up working with us, it's, it's it's really neat to see new ideas and um, fresh and he's excited and just to watch our command team wrap around him and to feel like the sheriff's office is in good hands when, you know, the sheriff leaves and when, when I'm leaving. That's been really, it's made it easier because it's really hard. It's bittersweet because I love the agency. I love the community. Um, but it's it's I'm, I'm ready and i'm ready to see what the next thing is for the department too and i i'm excited we have we have great staff the sheriff talks about it all the time it is all about you know the, the reason the community loves our agency is because of our team out there earning it so um and it's exciting to see what comes into the future
1: i'm gonna throw a smoke bomb into this whole thing Eric DeBoer has already made his intentions known of running for sheriff. There's another person who's also running for sheriff from the Grand Rapids Department, the only ties to this county. He's from Allendale. You sort of look at this as if, okay, it's part of the public process, or it's like,
0: uh, we don't know this guy. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, and I've, I've kind of gone through the same thing, going through a couple election cycles. Um, what's nice with, with Eric, you, you know, he's hometown Holland, uh, he is so dedicated to this agency. Uh, he knows the ins and outs. Um, he is a very quick learner. He's very well educated, um, makes the right decisions. And and granted, and, and we've learned this at the top, not everybody understands sometimes the decisions we make, why we make them, um, you know, but after time, they kind of go, oh, now I get it. Um, Eric's forward thinking. Um, he knows the history of the department. Um, can there be other changes in the future within the organization? Yes, uh, we're always looking to try new things. Uh, we're kind of under the philosophy of we'll try it. If it doesn't work, we pull it back in, and regroom it, uh, or we throw it in the trash can uh, and move forward from there. But um, I think Eric's—you know—he he's known in the community. He knows—you um, know—we do a lot of contracting. Uh, probably almost half of our agency are contract deputies. It's very important because each one of those contracts are different. So there's, you know, uh, the 15 townships, uh, three three cities and a village, uh, to know the uniqueness of each of those contracts to work with them with their wants and their needs, but also to really have, I always put it, have your thumb on the pulse of the community, uh, but also your thumb on the pulse of the agency. Uh, to make sure things are running right, and I am a hundred percent confident uh, in Eric. That's why I've uh, I've endorsed him uh, in his run for sheriff. Um, you know, and I know, you know, I will tell you probably the toughest position in this agency is that of the under sheriff. Um, Val's been my backbone, um, and Eric's going to be stepping in. Um, you probably see both of us might get a little emotional here. Uh, it's going to be tough because uh, she's just been fantastic. And, uh, you know, Eric, uh, I know Eric worries, and he tells me, he says, well, i got big shoes to fill. And I'm like, well, your shoes are, you know, compared to Val's, (laughs) size-wise, you know, (laughs) a lot bigger. But, um, you know, it's important for a sheriff. People don't realize the, the role of the undersheriff, and Val has taken it so seriously, has made my job easy. But her care and compassion, uh, that I've seen for not only our community, uh, but our staff is, uh, second to none. And, uh, you know, like I said, the next few days I've been hiding my feelings and emotions quite a bit. Um, it's going to be tough next week, Gary. Um, but I also know that this agency has to continue to move forward to serve this community. And, uh, again, the service that Val has given here, um, way beyond what my expectations were of what an undersheriff was when I stepped into this role. Um, I had a little bit of a taste of it when I was under undersheriff. Um, but, again, uh, it, it's going to be hard to, to watch Val walk out the door next week. Uh, but I'm looking forward to getting Eric in there. He's excited. He's motivated. Uh, and as Val said, you know, our, our command team, which is very important, and our staff, I'm hearing it from our staff. So I think it's going to be overall good, but I'm going to truly miss Val. Valerie Weiss, thank you. Thank
1: you for your service. Sheriff Steve Kempker, if all goes well, we'll do this again next month. Thank we'll, you, sir. We'll be here. Thanks, Gary. Thank you very much, Steve Kempker. And Valerie Weiss, Ottawa County Sheriff and Under Sheriff on 997 and 1450 WHTC.